the first step's always the hardest, right? Um, always. <laughs> it, shit's always uncomfortable until it's not. Until you're right. you're you've been exposed to it enough, and uh, you just gathered that confidence, you're gonna be uncomfortable. You know, there's and and eventually you start to like that process. Welcome to Wise Words and Whiskey. I'm your host Wiley McGraw. Join me with other great guests as we sip good whiskey and talk about all things high performance. So kick back, pour yourself a nice dram, and settle in for some low-key conversations on high-performance living. Let's jump in. For those of you who are hanging out with us as well right now, I want you to meet a good friend of mine, an unbelievable human being, Tyler Gilbert. Tyler is... I would say in a, the, one of the last respectable professions known to public service. He is a firefighter, but a more specialized paramedic firefighter. He's got a bachelor's degree in organizational leadership, a master's degree in organizational leadership. He is a ultra marathon or trail type runner, if I've got that right as well. He's actually served as a medic in Indonesia, uh, lives a very standard-filled life, all about high performance, takes care of himself. He's an unbelievable human being. He's a skydiver, which is where we've met. He's got over 700 jumps and I think like 25 hours of, of iFly tunnel time as well. There's so many different variables we can dig into, Tyler. Um, but I'm really stoked you're here, and I wanted everybody to meet you right away out of the gate and uh, let them know that I brought you on today to have a conversation with you, like we always do, right. around something very specific. I feel that society completely misconstrues what a paramedic actually is, what a paramedic does, why mm -hmm. they do what they do, what, what truly what it is. I we're going to dive into that in a minute, but I know you've got yourself a drink ready. I do. And I'm going to make sure I pour myself a drink. I'm having a little bit of this Glendronich 12 year old. It's a really good, smooth, creamy single malt. Ooh. So if you don't mind, I'm going to pour myself a little drink, catch up with you. If you're hanging out with us, pour yourself a nice dram, kick back, relax. Cause Tyler and I are about to, Chop it up around that very specific thing. So Here's that, let's give it a go. Yeah. Tyler, like I said, pumped to have you here. As we say in Gaelic, slancha, which means to health. To health, brother. Salute. That's the other thing, folks. Uh, Tyler is also bilingual. I, if I, right, you're bilingual. You speak Spanish fluent, fluently as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Definitely not proficient, but fluent in it for sure. Um, okay. I haven't used it so much the past few years, but yeah, I used to spend a lot of time in Mexico. So uh, yeah, definitely right. picked up the language and it's pretty cool. So. Awesome. Well, let's jump into it, brother. Let's unpack that very specific thing, why I wanted you to have a conversation with me today. Um, it's going to be, I think, beneficial for people to kick back, relax, hear a bunch of the wise words around so much that can come out of your commitment to what you do. But as a paramedic, it's... People don't understand that. I I feel and I think that people, and you would probably agree or disagree, that most people hear that and they think EMT. He just does like the, you know, the basic level stuff, heart, you know, checking the heart rate and blood pressure and kind of bandaging wounds, et cetera. But in reality, you're essentially like doctors in in the streets. You're essentially those people that run towards crises and you in, in, in embrace those chaotic moments as part of your job. There's a reason why you do that. Let's unpack that. Why do you actually care so much to do what you do as a paramedic um, and run towards crises when most people run away from it and the elements of your standards that keep you committed and going so strong all these years later and doing what you do? 
Well, that's a great question. And there is a lot to unpack in that, buddy. Um, yeah, first of all, dude, thanks for having me on, man. It's awesome to be here. And I love any opportunity I get to, to chat with you. It's always very fun, very interesting and stimulating. So, uh, absolutely. Brother. But yeah, to, to kind of get into that, you're right. You nailed it on the head. Uh, a lot of people do, um, understandably so misconstrue the difference between, Hey, what is an EMT? What is a paramedic? Uh, what is a nurse? What is a LVN, uh, RN, all the differences, right? There's a lot of different levels. So uh, essentially just to break it down um, in layman's terms, an, a paramedic is a, a higher level of care. We can provide a higher level of care and do more things pre-hospital environment than an EMT can. Um, our scope right, goes, right. goes into administering pain management. So uh, narcotics for pain management, we can innovate people, which is putting tubes in their throat to breathe for them. Um, we can stick needles in their chest to decompress if there's a traumatic injury that's kind of affecting their ability to breathe. Um, we can do a lot of really cool stuff and more so even than, than nurses. You know, nurses work under a doctor and they have, they're, they're awesome too. They just have a little bit different scope in the hospitals. Right. So we can even do things that nurses can't do pre-hospital. So we're doing these things in an uncontrolled environment, in the street, when it's dark, when, you know, it's just pretty much complete chaos. You're in the middle of a storm and you're just trying to calm things down so that you can get the job done and provide excellent patient care. Um, that's that. essentially yeah. what we do. And as far as why I do it, um, I, I just have a... I think it's a couple things. One, I have a personality that I'm just kind of drawn towards pushing my own envelope and seeing what I'm capable as a human. Two, I, I enjoy helping people that truly need my help. You know, there's some, some calls that probably aren't necessary, but uh, the ones that are, you make a big impact. And those people never forget you. You know, I, I've been on uh, calls that are uh, pediatric drownings, pediatric cardiac arrest, um, very bad uh, traffic accidents. The list goes on. But, you know, you have people that come back to our fire station years down the road and say, hey, I, I still remember what you did for me or my family. And I mean, what better way to spend your, your career than something so gratifying as that, you know, helping others? That's yeah, that's um. I'm going to peel back that right now because that selflessness of is, is innately inside you. And that's clearly why I cared more to unpack it with you and really keep going. And we're going to keep going with it, but you have this selfless nature and you're willing to embrace some of the most heinous of situations, the most detrimental moments of people's lives and, and calm that storm for them to take care of them so that there's a chance for them to live, to, to breathe, to, to, to get out of that situation, you know, at least as much as possible unscathed as, as can be for the situation. And there's a reason why though, truly that started this process for you years ago, what really drew you to that type of, because there's other ways you can be selfless and provide help to others and take care of people. But you chose this profession for a very specific reason. And knowing you, you have standards for everything that you do. I mean, you don't have social media. You're an avid surfer. You know, like I said, we're trying to get you back in the sky. All of those elements of your life revolves around challenging yourself, being in environments that are scary to you, mm -hmm. that really force you 
to know what you're capable of, to show up, to find that calm in the midst of chaos. Being ex-military, I understand that intimately. Finding mm-hmm. calm and chaos is essential to being able to withstand any storm. Why or where did it come from for you? Where did it start? Why do you want? Why did you want to do that? That firefighter or paramedic route? You know that that's there's really not one specific answer because over the years it's it's a progression. It's not linear, right? So right, um, right, right. I'm going to try and give you the cliff notes version, but essentially what, <laughs> what got me into the fire service and the EMS service, uh, I was flying helicopters um, a while back and I was, I got my, uh, pilot my license. Pri- private pilot license, my instrument license. I was working on my commercial license. That was my trajectory. That was the way I was going. Um, just I thought I was set. I had no other vision for anything else. Well, my uh, school ended up filing bankruptcy, shutting their doors, and I was in debt and couldn't finish with another school, right? I had already taken a loan out to do that schooling. Um, So I was forced to pivot and reassess life and my future and what else I wanted to do. And I wanted to spend my time chasing a career that would be fulfilling to me. The only other thing I could think of at that time was, Hey, being a fireman seems really cool. And I didn't really understand what it entailed then. Um, I thought it was, Hey, we're going to just go uh, kick down doors, go into burning buildings and put fires out, which is a part of the job, but not the whole job. So not the whole job. Yeah, exactly. So as I got more and more into the profession, and I met more and more people to mentor me, and I um, got jobs on the ambulance. I got jobs as a reserve with the fire department, and I just increased my exposure to it. I realized what the job was, and all of a sudden, it was like the snowball effect because I started to see myself learn the skills and tasks that I saw these superheroes doing, right? Firemen were superheroes to me. It's like, Hey, they could do that, but I'm probably not capable. I had some self-limiting beliefs there. And eventually my confidence grew and my, uh, my just overall eagerness to learn more and do more and watch myself evolve and help people more. uh, It just grew. And I I realized that I was capable of doing these things. I thought once I was not capable of. Um, So that's really what lit the fire. Yeah. You, and I, I'm going to stop you there for a moment because these are wise words that if people are hanging out with us right now to listen to what Tyler is saying is I put myself in the environments that were full of variables of unknowns that I was, I was uncertain that I was able to even rise to the challenge, but I did it anyway. Mm-hmm. I found myself being willing to expose myself into these places to challenge and see, am I able to do it? Am I capable of becoming a superhero as you, if, as well? And as a kid, I was, you know, I, I grew up my, t- tell my family that I always wanted to go to the shows in, in Marina Valley, California to go be on the fire trucks. Because to me, I always had this obsession with that superhero aspect of these firemen being so respected and so appreciated because they are selfless. They do this job where they will literally endure what's called a phenomenon called flashover where the entire area goes up at the same time to this thousand plus degree temperatures instantly. And you can die from that, but they're willing to do it anyway. It's all of these different elements that you're talking about is the most, I would say simplistic way we can say it, Tyler is just put yourself in those environments that seem daunting to you and, 
and go after it and see what you're actually capable of because you might have self-limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that need to be rattled by being in those those experiences first. The only way to rattle them and to change them is by saying, screw it, I'm going to do it anyway. Absolutely. I'm going to embrace this damn environment. I have no idea if I'm going to be a superhero. I'm going to do it anyway because maybe I am one. I just have never had the right experience to shed off that clothing to expose my cape and become something that I want to be in my life. That's what yeah. I took away from that. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. You're exactly right. Um, I know you relate, you and I, we can get into deep talks because we relate on a lot of levels about this stuff, but Absolutely. you know, a, a question I'm sure you relate to in the military and in your field you're in right now. Um, and that I relate to is if not me, then who, right? If, right. if I don't step up and do these things, then who's going to do it? So somebody's got to step up. So why not be me? I would rather uh, depend on me to deliver this than maybe somebody else who doesn't put as much dedication and effort into being the best professional that they can. You know, I, uh, I treat every patient I come across as if they were my family. I I do my best to, you know, um, I know that there's somebody's family. So, um, and then with respect to what you're saying about pushing our envelopes and everything, that is something that's really important to me in my life. That's pretty much a driving factor for everything I do is seeing right. where I can go. You know, um, I, I kind of, one of my little mantras is, you know, you could leave life right now, let that determine what you say and do and think, right. That's an old quote by Marcus Aurelius. Um, yes. But yeah, so uh, you like the Stoics. I get it. I, I know exactly. <laughs> love them, You know what I mean? Big, yeah, big yeah. proponent. I mean, you just can't be old school wisdom. So, Yep. Yep. And you know what? That's exactly the point of you being here is number one, we can wrap back and forth all day long, but to pull out these experiences you had to to provide people the wise words that come along with it so they can, as they're hanging out, sipping whiskey, whatever they're doing right now, listening to you talk, listening to me pull stuff out of you and sharing with you. It's almost, it's, it's important for them to stimulate that side of them that has never been really triggered or turned on to, to, embrace a little bit more of those challenging moments that they, uh, they find themselves in, or I really want to go do that. But I feel like the, the barrier is the people that are in that job may not accept me. That's that personal belief that you overcame, Mm -hmm. but really what it comes down to the key thing that I am emphasizing, right? Tyler is there is this drive inside you for selfless service and to recognize you treat every patient like family. You treat your friends like family. I know who you are. I mean, I, there's a reason why we get along so well is because our beacon in life is to consider the impact of who we are on those around us. That is our primary focus. So everything we wake up in the morning and do, what you do on a daily basis for your standards of how you eat, how you think, where you go, what you want to do, how you want to accomplish your daily tasks, your life, the relationships you want to have, what you're willing to put into it comes from the place of respecting every moment every relationship as if it were your own family, as if the impact that you had on them mattered. That is a key wise, wise thought process to take away right now is consider your impact on your act from your actions on those that are around you and do the things that only elevate those around you. Because what will happen is as a byproduct, your life will only get better and you will feel more fulfilled and satisfied. To me, that is huge. And that's exactly how you live your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you nailed it on, on the head. Um, 
with that being said, I think that should be everyone's goal to, to be around people that pull you up. Uh, if, right. you know, I would encourage right. everyone to take inventory of who they're around most. And if those people are keeping you idle or dragging you down, uh, you should probably reassess that situation. So. Right, right. Have conversations that might be uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe the people that are around you are dragging you down, but they're, they don't realize they're dragging you down. There's something going on in their life. See, it's, here's a word, you know, very well triage. You understand when you arrive on a scene, the, you triage, you know, it's like, who's dead, who's critical, who's sustainable. And who do we like you, you focus on where you need to go first and foremost to make sure you get the best possible outcome for the entire scenario. It's the same thing. What you just said, it, these are more wise words to take away is triaging your environment, triaging your relationships, seeing what's around you. Maybe some of those relationships that are not uplifting you but you love that person, you care about that, but you see the potential, maybe having the conversation to address maybe that critical moment and seeing what might be, uh, you know, I'm using these firefighting terms, like you see what, what might in fact be the injury or the, the issue or the accident or whatever they might've gone through that is causing them to behave or act a certain way around you saying, I care about you. I want you in my life, but here's the problem. Let's address the problem. Let's, let's, let's bandage the wound. Let's fix it. Let's get it right so that we can actually, keep going in the direction you want to, or when you triage, you're like, you know what? This relationship is dead. I've got to put the black bag over it and unfortunately call the corner and have them come take care of it. So it really comes down to, you know, how you live your life is all about triaging your environment and your relationships first and foremost, and recognizing I'm here to uplift people. And if I don't have that as well, then, then I need to reevaluate, reevaluate, reassess and approach it with the standard of care that I do everything else. Yeah. I mean, your analogies are great, Wiley. I, I love them because you're exactly right. It's not, it's a lot easier said than done too, you know, um, oh, that, that link that you made between triaging and taking inventory of your relationships is spot on because somebody might be a good person, but they're not putting you in a good place. And sometimes you're going to have to uh, make the tough decision to stop that, uh, that relationship there. And it's the same thing in the field Sometimes, you know, you'll come across multiple critical patients and you have to basically prioritize which ones can I actually save, which ones are savable right. lives, even though they're all alive right now. Uh, there's a couple that are, are just it's not going to happen. They're just not going to make it. So I right. have to prioritize the other ones instead. And those are the hard decisions that are they, they're scary and they they and in life they leave people frozen in their tracks where people aren't making those decisions going back to your education. I mean, there's a reason why you've studied and you've, uh, you know, been able to achieve a bachelor's and a master's degree in organizational leadership is because you recognized I have to be willing to step up and make the hard decisions, not only for my own life, but for the lives that are in my hands in my profession. And it's hard to sit there and have three patients on a scene that are all, all critical, but only two of them are actually going to make it. And you've got to like prioritize those two and then figure out which one out of those two is even more, you know, a priority, et cetera. And you do it anyway. And you learn how to go back to your life and manage your life despite having to make those hard decisions so that you can sustain looking young. Cause you're a good looking guy. You're young. Uh, you feel good inside you surf, you know, you, you, you know, you've got all these hobbies that you, you're passionate about. You eat healthy, you take care of yourself to manage the stress that comes along with being a leader and taking charge and making decisions through triage. And that could parlay into people's lives that are listening right now where I have to be willing to make the hard decisions because if I'm truly committed to where I want to go in my life, what I want to create, what I want to see happen out in the world, 
unfortunately, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to bury some relationships and some situations. I'm going to have to, you know, maybe have the hard conversations, maybe break it off, separate myself from it, and then allow that to then fall into place so that I can consistently be on the path that fulfills my life and takes care of what it is I set out to achieve. To me, that's huge. Yeah. And it's worth pointing out, Wiley, that, I mean, you and I weren't born with that ability, right? So if there's people that think like, man, I don't got what it takes to do that, or I'm not strong enough to do that, they're selling themselves short because um, we all have the capability to do that. You know, that's going back to what I learned coming up in the fire service. I didn't think I was capable of these things years and years ago when I was a young kid. And now I am where I am doing what I'm doing, mentoring young kids the same way I was mentored. So anyone can get there. It's just receiving the information, accepting it as possible, and then not taking Mm -hmm. your foot off the gas pedal. Boom, boom, right there. Stop. Let's land that son of a bitch right there because you said it. This is one of the, I would say, the most powerful, wise words I would impart on people is acceptance. See, I was born into the world with uh, a very specific gift, uh, my energy, who I am, my being, the makeup of myself that I didn't understand as a, as a kid coming out of the womb of erupting people's stress, being around where everybody dumped their stuff on me. That's the place they came to. I was always where I had uncles and aunts like telling me secrets. I'm like, I'm seven years old. Why are you telling me this crap? I'm not supposed to do this stuff. I was fighting fires at a young age. So I'm not surprised I wanted to be a firefighter. And, and, but what I didn't do when I started to recognize that coming out of the military, going to war, I was like, okay, something is different about me. This is what makes me a good leader. This is what I'm recognizing in my guys, what I'm able to do, but I still didn't accept it. And as I got out of the military at a young age, um, after my three tours, I was trying to figure it out without having to accept it. And the moment I finally accepted, I'm just different. I'm built this way. People are going to erupt around me. I, I Let me do something with it. Let me accept that and embrace that and take that out into the world, no matter if I know how to do what I need to do with it right now or not. When I accepted it, it changed my life. It changed my the scope of what I do. I built my business around me and all that all that aspect of acceptance, and it has allowed me to experience the fortification of a very happy, fulfilled, successful life, despite dealing with the chaos of the world around me, much like you do, as you've learned to accept. I may not have known it in that moment, but I have a, something inside me that there's a reason why I'm still drawn to doing it anyway, because you actually do possess the ability to do it. And yeah. Last thought here, and I want to hear more about what you have to say on that as well. We wrap back and forth on this, but when you, here's what I say constantly to clients as well, even these successful people is when you feel or think, I don't think I have what it takes to do that. It's actually telling you, you do. Mm -hmm. I look at it from the opposite side. If that is a thought process you have, Tyler, I don't think I have what it takes to do that is even more of a driving factor why you should do it. Sure. Because that is your own psyche protecting you, knowing you have what it takes, but you understand it's going to be scary to do it, to achieve it. So that, in that moment, if anybody's listening right now, take a sip of your your drink, whatever you've got going on, and consider anytime you feel, I don't have what it takes, anytime it scares you, and you, you don't believe you're capable of accomplishing that in that moment, do it anyway, because I guarantee you have it in you. I guarantee you know what it what it takes. You've just never been given the environment to triage to experience what you're capable of, of of doing in that moment. So that's huge. 
Yeah, you know, and the, the first step's always the hardest, right? Um, always. It, <laughs> shit's always uncomfortable until it's not, until you're, right. you're, you've been exposed to it enough and uh, you've just gathered that confidence, you're going to be uncomfortable. You know, there's, and, and eventually you start to like that process, right? And right. to kind of piggyback off what you're saying, if, you know, if people are timid to have that belief in themselves, to take that first step, Look, you just got to realize that if there's somebody else out there that's done it, you too are capable of it. And that's not just some cliche, you know, like no. spice that we're throwing on this, uh, this ingredient here. Like that's legit a fact. You can do it too. You just have to apply yourself, you know, and believe. Right. If there's an attraction to it, that's the other key. If you're attracted to becoming a firefighter because you care deeply about the challenge that it provides, uh, the selfless service, feeling good about caring for other people in their most traumatic moments of their life, then these, you're dealing with people in the scariest moments of their lives often. If you're drawn to that, that should be enough to make you want to do whatever it takes despite how uncomfortable or scary or uncertain it might be. If you're yeah. not drawn to it and yet you're just turned on by the um, – idea of it, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't don't, don't do it. Cause you're just turned on by some idea outside or concept or cliche. Mm -hmm. Do it because there's an internal fire that burns inside you mm -hmm. that says this is, I really want to know that's where I want to go. I want to know what that's like. Mm -hmm. And even if you get into it and you find out, Oh shoot, maybe it's not here. I was supposed to land, but I learned what I'm supposed to learn here and I can turn around and take it over here. Great. But the first step is, I mean, remember your first skydive, right? It's not like we were, I'm on an airplane for my first AFF jump and it's going to be the most amazing thing. I'm happy. I have no nerves. Bull crap. I mean, I was sitting on the plane going, oh crap. I did my tandem. It was fun. But when I had my first rig on my own back, I went, I have no idea what's going to happen. Shit just got real. All I know is I was, <laughs> shit just got real. Yeah. I'm just, I'm jumping and uh, I, these guys might be holding me, but when they let go and I got to pull and I got to pitch my pilot chute and let that main deploy. It's on me now mm -hmm. to take leadership mm -hmm. in the very, very unknown moment of my life of, am I going to be able to land this? Can it be safe? And it translates in anything that you do. You've got to take leadership in those moments because if you don't, who will? Mm -hmm. If you yeah. don't, you might crash. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, and believe in yourself, you know, and uh, have the confidence that you can do it. You know, like that's, a, that's such a great, um, you know, a great point, Wiley. Up to my hundredth jump, I felt like that. You know, yeah, every time we were going, we we're going up, flying up to altitude. I had the butterflies. I was nervous, and I pretended I wasn't, but I was. You know, because when you send it out of an airplane at thirteen thousand feet, and you're ripping around in the sky with your buddies, or you do, you're doing belly, whatever it is you're doing. Once you pitch that chute and you look up and you don't have a perfect parachute, you don't have the right shape, you got a line twist, you got a line over, you have to make some critical decisions and you got to make them fast. And you learn, you know, through education, through experience, through repetition, you grow confidence and you learn how to do those things. It's just a process. It's the same thing. You repeat it with everything. And once you get the process down, then the real light bulb goes off and you're like, man, I could apply this to anything I want to learn and do. Absolutely. I, that's, I was about to say that and you said it already. So I'm super glad because the critical decision-making process in those stressful moments, the other part that 
we can add to that is what we're taught. We're using the skydiving analogy because we're both skydivers here. So if you're listening to this, recognize just how you can parlay it into your life where in those chaotic moments, the best thing that you can do for yourself to save your own life or as a paramedic to save others' lives is for you to learn how to slow down your thinking in a brief moment, take a breath, and create calmness in the midst of that chaotic moment. And you'll find how much more time you have to make a decision how much more effective you are when you make that decision. And the outcome will always be positive despite how chaotic that moment was. Because for us, I've had four malfunctions in my eight years of skydiving. Every single time, I was nervous, scared, and I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen. But I slowed down my breathing. I took a moment. I remember my emergency procedures that we trained on. And I just recognized that this is about me saving my own life, and I'm going to do it right. And and regardless of the outcome, at least I I, I, I went out trying to do as a leader for my moment, my situation. It's such an important piece to take with you is any chaotic moment you have, here's some wise words. Any chaotic moment you have in your life requires you to make decisions from a place of calmness, not a place of chaos. If you get chaotic, you're never going to make the right decision. It's only going to get worse from there. Simple. Yeah, 100%. It doesn't doesn't have to be, you know, uh, skydiving or flying helicopters or some some crazy thing going on. It could be right, right. problems at home. Right. It could be problems with your wife or your kids or neighbors. Whatever the the case is, just take that moment, detach, take a breath, evaluate what's going on, and make a decision. You know, any decision is better than no decision, right? Even a bad True. decision. So even a bad decision has some good elements to it. Sure, it's like act. I mean, even be, be, you know, learning how to be a leader in the military. I remember I got promoted uh, and became an NCO and was taken over a, a 60 mortar section, four guys, et cetera. And we were at Iraq and I thought, dude, I have no idea what I'm going to do as this like Everything's on me right now. I'm responsible for these four men. I'm going to combat again for my third time. And I am responsible for making sure they're packed, trained, prepared, Always, their upkeep is always on pinpoint, tip-top shape, high performance all the way. I'm responsible for the decisions that we make. I'm responsible for their actions that they take. I'm responsible for everything and anything that we do or don't do in any situation. And as a young kid, that, you know, young guy in his early 20s, that's scary as, as hell. And I remember realizing that every time that I needed to be responsible in those moments of chaos, firefights, whatever it might have been, combat operations, air assault operations, I had to slow down and just make very critical, quick-witted decisions by being slow in the process of doing so. And I found that slow is smooth, smooth is fast principle being so applicable in that moment where, man, it became more efficient because of that. But the more you do it, the more comfortable you get in chaos. The more you recognize there's a reason why these people gave me the responsibilities to do what I do. There's a reason why you have the responsibilities in all your tenure at the fire department. And I think you're, you know, on, on the block to become captain as well, which is a huge promotion for you as well. That's, there's a reason why they see that in you is because you have the abilities you make up and exude that leadership, that calmness, that collectedness, and that willingness to make decisions, no matter what you're faced with and what the outcomes might be, you're going to make a decision regardless. And that's the, that's most people don't make those decisions. They let the decision make them and it breaks their life. And then they end up in worse case scenarios than they were before they had to make the decision. 
Yeah, it's really they they a lot of people, including myself, sometimes you you get stuck in tunnel vision, right? In in high stress and yeah. pressure situations, and pressure right. is relative to the individual experiencing it, right? Um, not pressure is not it's different for everybody. It's not the same. So, um, you know, they got to break. Yeah. They got to <laughs> basically break that pattern of going into tunnel vision every time they feel the pressure and be able. I mean, you're not going to be able to make a good quality decision if you're if you're sucked into one aspect of the situation because you can't see the big picture well that's the thing is in 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 many of the um guys out there right now the former navy seals are doing a lot of these leadership courses and, and working with different companies they talk about it constantly from stage it's a it's a, a big principle in in the military especially in combat arms for those that listen our veterans you understand this as well and you do too tyler is oftentimes it's best to take a step back even if that step back is just for a few seconds, if you can detach for that moment and allow yourself to find some balance between your thinking and your emotions, you'll find that the, the approach you take might be completely different than when you would have reacted in that situation as a leader. You would have been able to change the purview of your decision for a better outcome. Because again, nobody's going to make the most perfect decision. There's always going to be these, I would say, nuanced elements of audibles that might happen or situations that might come because of that decision you just made that you're like, I didn't expect that to blow up in my face, but making a decision, moving the needle, changing the energy, shifting the dynamic still creates progress. It still creates opportunity and outcome. And it allows you then to readdress that next situation. But if you don't make a decision, you're not going to move anywhere and you're going to always feel unfulfilled and unsatisfied trying to chase the idea of service, success, etc. Hundred percent agree with you, buddy. It's unbelievable. So it comes back to your leadership decision making. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. Hearing leader doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to be a CEO of a big company. I have to act that way. No, leadership is you lead your own life. Waking up in the morning is leadership. Making your bed is leadership. What you put in your body is leadership. Everything you do, you lead your life. That you are a leader. Mm -hmm. We are all leaders. Yeah. Everything we do from getting out of the damn car, how we drive on the road. And the biggest thing you and I, everybody can recognize is the road rage that we see on the roads today. Mm -hmm. People don't recognize how they're giving away their power to other people because mm -hmm. of this chaotic moments they have on the freeway or the highway. Lead your life better. Re realize, take a step back in that moment. If that guy cuts you off, okay. Does that person really deserve your energy and effort to try to aggress that? Or should you take a step back in the moment, take a breath, slow down your car and realize they don't belong in your life. They're, that moment is triaged appropriately when you just let it go. And you'll find you'll have more energy and power and capacity to give to the things you really want to do than to be drained and stressed out because you got mad at 18 cars on your way from the house to the office. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. And you know what? It all comes back to uh, what that makes me think about is it all comes back to perspective, how you're looking at any given situation. I believe this is absolutely paramount that people understand in their lives, uh, whether it's looking at their past, good or bad, or their current situation or their future or the guy that cut them off on the freeway. The way you look at the situation can change everything. For example, with your... Uh, your example of somebody cutting you off on the freeway. If you look at that car and you look at this guy, and this is something I've heard, you know, elsewhere. I don't know where. Uh, sure, sure. But I, I've heard it elsewhere. If you look at that guy and you tell yourself, man, I hope that guy's wife and kids are okay because he's in a freaking hurry and 
he is something's really, really bothering him. So maybe he's in a rush for a, a very sad, specific reason, and I hope his day improves. You're not going to get mad at that. You know what I mean? As to where you think the guy's right. just being an asshole. So right. um, and, and that's, that's, oh. there's so much choice in the way you look at things in life. Um, and that's going to determine how you feel. It's going to determine how you act. So really, really take inventory of that, you know, and, and yes. choose, you get to choose your right perspective, choose a good one. Wise words from a man who understands it very well, very intimately, and and truly, it's your choice matters. Mm-hmm. We all have to have a choice to make, and it's what we choose that really makes it makes or breaks us. And that's you reframe it, mm-hmm. absolutely I reframe it. Because yeah. I've you know my wife and I were driving to La Jolla, California once out of the Whole Foods parking lot over there off um, off the five freeway in Nobel. And if you know where that is, you understand. If not, no big deal. And remember that it was dark, it was nighttime, and we're leaving, and we were in the turn lane to go back to our place, and this car was barely moving out in the light. People were beeping at this car, driving around all radically and screaming at it. And we both looked at each other, something's not right. Because, again, we reframed it. This person's not doing something personal to us. People take everything so personal. The perspective is so one-sided. It's asymmetrical, so there's no balance to it. When we pulled up next to her, it was an old lady who could barely see and we had her pull over the side of the road and we talked to her. She said she was scared. She wasn't from the area. She was overwhelmed by the lights and people beeping and honking. And my, my wife got in the car and drove her home. I followed them back and drove her home. Mm-hmm. And it was like the empathy of reframing that situation and making critical decisions on a, a moment of re- recognizing a different perspective. This person's not being a slow, weird driver. This is an old person who's scared shitless to even be where they're at right now. Yep. If we take into consideration these moments to, to stop and make a different choice, maybe don't react what we typically, how we would react to a, a car cutting us off or driving slow out of a parking lot, we might find we're able to help someone better their life in that moment, well, like we did for this old lady. Mm-hmm. And she could have, she's like, I cannot believe you were willing to do that. Nobody does that. I said, well, it's not even about us. It's about the fact that we recognize something might be off here. Let's just look. Mm-hmm. Let's triage it the right way. Let's make Gather a choice. Some information. Yep. Gather information first. Mm-hmm. Intelligence matters. Right. Instead of reactions, it creates better responses. It makes us better leaders for our own lives. And that then parlays in everything else we do. So you hit it on the head, man. We're getting close to our time, actually. I mean, geez, I can't believe it's been so long already. We could keep going. But that is a key piece of information I hope everybody that's listening takes with them is slow down to triage, to take consideration of, of the information, gather information, have perspective and make a choice to change your decision-making instead of just doing what you typically do as a knee-jerk reaction to every situation. And you'll find betterment for not only yourself, but those around you. If we don't uplift those, those around us, what do we have? Absolutely. What do we have? Yeah. So any other, any other wise words you want to share? I mean, you have so many good things you've been talking about and hitting on, man. I, I got to tell you, it's like we can go for hours on this like we've done before, and we, we'll definitely do it again. But do you have any other thoughts that you feel that people that are listening with us, hanging out with us, would should, in fact, truly take away and consider right now after we get done with this conversation? Uh, you know, just basically believe in yourself. You know, if, like you said, if, if you got that, that urge, that curiosity about something, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Full send. Go, you know, full act, send. Like, <laughs> act like there's no plan B, right? Yeah. 
yeah, believe absolutely. in yourself, move forward, throw out motivation because you're not always going to be motivated and be determined to achieve that goal. And don't stop until you do. Don't listen to the noise and the haters. Just get, get going and get to work and never give up. You know, you'll, you'll get there. I love it. You know what? Throw out motivation. Motivation actually comes after you execute. Mm -hmm. Let's flip that on its head. Lastly, the last wise words that Tyler just said is don't worry about motivation because you're not always going to be motivated, but you have to be driven. You have to have direction. You have to have that determination. Thanks for the flexibility, Tyler. I mean, shit happens, right? So we were just kind of concluding with those, those final, those final wise words of perspective, right? Mm -hmm. That's nobody's going to see this. Nobody's going to hear it, but you and I, we just went through a little bit of a technical, uh, you know, uh, fuck up, if you will. And at the end of the day, what's nice is that we both, we just rolled with it. Here we are back together again to kind of conclude the conversation and recognizing that it is perspective. It is triage. It is taking a step back breathing. No matter what happens, technology fails you. It doesn't matter because that, that form of, like I said to you, suffering can be self-inflicted if we allow it to be. And, and if you don't allow that situation to take over, you can become a better leader for your life. So I think we can conclude our conversation with that right there. Would you agree? I 100% agree, brother. Well said. <laughs> Any other thoughts, man? I know you, number one, you don't have social media, which I absolutely respect. And, and I keep going down that road. Mm -hmm. But I'm really stoked that people got to meet you, know who you are, know that, uh, you know, how you live your life is it's possible to experience the same for themselves. So thank you so much for being here sharing all, all of your background, your, your insights, your wise words, et cetera, about why you do what you do and why it's important to, to, to embrace those different elements of living that, uh, that, that life of selfless service and optimization and, and high performance, if you will. So brother, thank you. I mean, cheers to you truly. Thank you, Wiley. I appreciate your friendship, buddy. I appreciate, uh, all of our conversations. Hopefully it brings some value and I can't wait to see what you got coming, buddy. Uh, a ton of value, my man. And I will let you know when all of this, you know, is, is constantly in the midst and doing its, its magic. And I appreciate the wise words you shared with everybody today. Thank you for being here. Thanks for everyone who hung out with us, who got to wrap with, you know, listen to Tyler and I go back and forth on all these different wise words when it comes to, you know, being the best version of ourselves, being the best leaders we could possibly be and embracing those things that we think we can't do and realizing it's time to believe in ourselves. So thank you for being here. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, brother. We'll see you soon. See you. For those listening today, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're digging what you're hearing, don't forget to give that subscribe button a tap and make sure you rate and review the show. Catch you all on the next conversation. Cheers. Cheers.